Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, the party heads to the splendor of Waterdeep. Exotic fruits are sampled, winter clothing is purchased, and Carlton buys a Mastiff mount for Bernie as a gift. Then the party splits up. Travancore and Carlton head to a bar to find information about the half-orc's home. Bernie heads out to find a temple to her goddess, and Jonathan hopes to find knowledge at a college of magic. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm Lauren, aka Obocrazy, your humble DM. And tonight I am super excited. I have a giant thing of Atlas Cider, which is the hard blackberry cider. I was not going to get another cider. I feel like I've kind of dropped into the cider thing that everybody else was doing. And literally at the store, I saw blackberry cider and went, this needs to be in my mouth right now and, and bought a giant thing. And Atlas is relatively local. It's it's Oregon, so close enough. Close enough for jazz. Local-ish. Um, local-ish. Bernie, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking a summer saison that I found. It's a farmhouse ale, and it's from a place in Tennessee, and it's really good. And I've already had quite a bit of it. I know, right? It's, it's a little dangerous when you're drinking before you're drinking. Mm. Uh, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hi, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular tonight. I am actually not drinking. I not <gasps> feeling. Yeah, I know. I I my was having stomach issues earlier, so I decided to give it a break <gasps> from from the drinking. However, I will name an honorary drink of the night. It was something that I had on Friday. It was a glass of Tanat wine uh, from Uruguay. It was delicious, and mm. it was. It apparently is extremely good for you. Ooh, I unless like that's that. what caused your stomach problems. This was on Friday, so no. It's, it's also timing. fun to say Uruguay. Travancore, what are you drinking? Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's choice this evening is a bit unconventional. It is a Barefoot Moscato. The reason I'm drinking Barefoot Moscato is we're celebrating. We just put down a deposit on a new place, so I will get a recording studio in a couple of weeks. Ooh, Yay! Congratulations! Yay! I'll drink to that. Mm. La Chaim. indeed. Prost. Yeah, no. prost, too. Carlton, what are you drinking? As my party members can see, I got my classic metal mug. But for the rest of you, that metal mug always contains a Moscow mule. Mmm, mules. All the mules. Mainly because I came straight from work and didn't have time to pick up beer. Eh, there ain't nothing wrong with any of that. All right, so... As I said in the intro, the last time we got together, the party split. Which as a DM makes me super happy. I was thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, even if you are just in, in Waterdeep. Jonathan's heading off to go find magic stuff. Bernie's heading off to go find religious stuff. And Travancore and Carlton are heading off to go find... Booze stuff. Beer and family stuff, I guess? Just information. Just information. So let's let's start with Bernie. Oh, okay. The rest of you... We'll be patient for a moment. Bernie, you are standing there as the party splits up in, in a bunch of general directions. You were specifically looking for a temple to your goddess. Yes. I want to find one of those little directories that says you are here. But I imagine in a world like this, it can say you are here 
and then it can like show you where to go. The little dot can move. <laughs> well, you haven't seen something like that, but there do seem to be guards from Waterdeep stationed at practically every major street corner, especially here in this district with all this trade going on. And it doesn't take you long to to find some some guards. And I'd I'd love you to go ahead and uh, roll me a uh, investigation check. check. Oh, I thought it was going to be a you're so short. Can they see you check? Investigation. 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 Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Actually, the first group of guards that you come up to, they notice you right away, and you get the sense that the the guards here in Waterdeep are used to beings of all shapes and sizes. So as you approach them, they they see you right away. You tell them what you're looking for. They don't know your goddess, but the one lets you know about you probably want to go down to the actual gnomish enclave in the south ward. If there's anybody who's going to know about what you're looking for, it would, it would be other gnomes, right? Um, yes. W- which way south? <laughs> he points and gives you some basic directions to the south ward. Okay. You are... I'm going to ask you, sir, to give those directions to my dog. Uh, he looks down at the dog, and the dog kind of lolls out his tongue. <laughs> uh, the guard proceeds to give the directions to the dog, because, you know, it is a magical world, and he's unsure. They're fairly simple directions. Where you are in the trade ward is basically directly north of the south ward that he's talking about. And it's it's only maybe a, a half a mile worth of twists and turns in order to get there. Cool, let's go, Baron Von Coco Snoop. Thank right. you for your help. They wave you on as you travel south through the rest of the trade ward, kind of a little bit back the way you came, taking a hard easternly turn as you head into some of the communities that are in the south ward. It's not the ritziest place. A lot of the the people that are living here are middle to lower class. The the houses are not not so nice. Some of them seem to be like tenement housing. It's very close to where a lot of the dockhand workers actually work. And there's kind of this overwhelming general stench of salt water and brine and not so pleasant stuff. And as you make your way through, the houses suddenly shrink in size. And as you turn a corner, you literally find yourself in about a block and a half worth of very familiar housing, gnomish-sized housing. And after spending the last couple of months in human quarters, looking at people and doors and objects that are your size is almost kind of a relief. And as you you ride Kokosnoot into town, you can see there are gnomes everywhere. This is This is obviously their community, and they take note of you immediately and give you some friendly smiles and waves and it's it's a general welcoming atmosphere. I want to do my like clean wave. You do and they are more than happy to wave back. Nice. Um, Let's see. Is there anybody that looks particularly friendly that I can like stop and ask if there's a temple to bay? Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check. Alright, I am better at perception now. Let's see. Eventually I will remember these things. Like how good I am at things, but not right now. <laughs> All right, I got a twenty-one. 
All right. You immediately notice a small family with a couple little kids, and the kids are enamored with your dog. It's as you start to go riding by, you can see them pulling on their parents' clothing and pointing and looking super excited. And as you approach and they they get super happy, you can see that the parents are happy to see a, a fellow gnome and are a little wary, but greet you. The the woman stands up one of the the small the, the her her small children kind of clutching her leg and is like, oh, greetings! It's always good to see a not familiar face around here. How can I help you? I want to slide off the dog. Okay. I want to say, Coco Snoot, sit. And he sits. And I want to say, Coco Snoot, let the little children pet you. And his his tongue lolls out and he kind of goes into a more relaxed stance. And the, the little girl clutching her mom's leg says, Mommy, Mommy, can I pet the doggy? She looks at you and says, Well, if it's if it's okay with you. You can pet my dog. Be careful, he rolls. <gasps> Yay! And the two of them, the little girl and the little boy that was kind of hanging back, both run up to the How dog and start petting. Like if you think about it, like gnome children must like come out of the wound the size of a teacup. Like <laughs> they are barely the size of Coco Snoots, like half of his leg and they have to kind of reach up to reach his head he is more than happy to to put his head down and be scratched along the ears and they're they're practically buried in his fur it's it's adorable and ridiculous oh and they get drooled all over immediately and you can see the mother at first is like oh no wait watch out for Well, they'll be happy for a little while. I'm told he's basically that kind of dog that just makes drool. I'm hoping I can use it, weaponize it maybe, but I doubt it. He's just going to be wet forever. And I think my children are going to be wet for a while, but they'll be happy. So uh, is there is there anything I can do for you while, while my children are entertaining your dog? And at this point, you can see that Coco Snoot has now laid down to make it a little easier for the children to get at the back of his ears. Um... You don't happen to have a temple to the goddess Queen Bay in oh, this no. town, no. I'm sorry, we do have a, a couple of worshippers of that of that wonderful goddess, but most of there's only about seventy five gnomes here in town, and most of us are are worshippers of, of Gar Glitter Gold. The the great lords of the, the Golden Hills are very kind to us, but if if you would like to talk to our our community leader, Vin Miller, is always more than happy to help out with anyone who, who is in need. Um yeah, sure. The, who? Oh, Vin Miller, she is she is the, the one in charge of our community. Uh just go to the center of of the the homes here. You you can't miss it. It's right in the center. And as you look around as she points, you can see that this block and a half area of all these gnome-sized houses seem to be in a, a circle pattern and are slowly leading towards a center point. You can't see the actual part of the center just yet, but it's very clear to see all roads lead towards this circular center. And she points there and says, Vanilla is always happy to help out with any any of our, our kind that want to come our way. There, there are so few of us in town. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll go find Vanilla and, and I'll talk to her. Van, Vanilla Isotra. She's, she's, you'll, you'll find her. The community home is right in the center of town. Children, children, come. We must, we must let her leave. And the kids are kind of like, oh, and they 
scratch the dog a little bit more and and then pull back and you can see that Coco Snoot was enjoying it but as you approach he kind of he's he's a working dog he knows when he's supposed to be relaxed and he knows when he's supposed to be on duty and as you reapproach him he gets back on duty again all right i'm going to climb back up in the saddle and we're going to find this vanilla person all right it only takes a couple minutes to get to the center of this community and you can see that most of the houses are in the water deep style kind of square homes they're gnome sized but they've been built to fit in with the general aesthetic of of human houses but as you reach the center of this community a domed home appears that warms your heart this is obviously the home of the community elder and it is it is not very large but it is a rounded dome with a a oblong opening on the front you can see a woman standing out front in very plain clothes she's kind of got a a smock on and is actually sweeping the entrance as you walk up she turns to you and she's got a a very matronly face she's obviously at least in her mid to late 400s she is very old and with a more spring in her step than you expect for a, a gnome of her age she says welcome I had heard that you had arrived just moments ago. My name is Venmilla. You were interested in some in a house of worship. Yeah, you news really travels fast around here. Yeah, you don't have have any temples though to my goddess. You do to some other people, and that's awesome. I don't really judge. But is there anyone around here? I heard there were like four people that are. That are devotees of Queen Bay, you mean? Yeah. Yes, I, while I am the elder of this community, and I do offer all the rights to the lords of the Golden Hills, she leans a little bit, she goes, I am actually personally a follower of Queen Bay. Oh, well, shit, And yeah. if you would, if you would kindly come inside. I've got some tea if you've got some lemon. I, of course, have lemons, child. Come inside. All right. Uh, if you don't mind, um, would you kindly leave your mount outside? I, I don't appreciate the slobber in the holy house. Oh, gosh, no. I don't appreciate the slobber, and we've been together for, like, ten minutes now. Kogus Newt, you're going <laughs> to sit nicely outside and not bite anybody's head off accidentally, all right? And if those little kids come back, they can pet you, but maybe not other little kids that you don't know. <laughs> he, as you dismount him again, he sits, he lays down, and he once again kind of takes that working dog stance of, I am I'm a working dog at rest, and he is just going to calmly sit there. Uh, Venmilla invites you inside, and the inside of this house is a warm hearth. It is not just her home, it is obviously a gathering place. It is a very open area with a a large hearth in the middle and a bunch of benches. You can see one bed kind of off to the side and some kitchen, a kind of a kitchen area. And she says, yes, news travels very fast. You you made the both the mistake and the, the fortunate error of talking to some of the young children and letting them pet your dog and i'm afraid when we get outside that your your mount might be overwhelmed with children with small gifts well as long as it doesn't make him fat and it's not made of chocolate i'm pretty sure dogs will die if they eat chocolate and avocados 
I believe you're correct, but I I trust those around here to not make to to at least have adult supervision to not make your dog sick. But you know, there may be lots more slobber. Please, please come with me. And she takes you to the right-hand side of this kind of circular area where you can see a doorway. What you see in the floor, it's kind of a hard-packed dirt floor, and there is a door in the floor, not a trap door, but a door, a full-on with a handle door. And she pulls it up and out, and there is a, a marble staircase leading downstairs. And you're kind of familiar with this. From your hometown, this is a lot of the time where temples to a lot of the gods and goddesses that the that gnomes worship are often hidden underground. They're community centers in the heart of any kind of gnomish town. And obviously, this woman's house is doubling and tripling as a bunch of different things. As you head down these marble stairs, you only go about maybe what would be considered a floor down where you then enter another circular room with a domed ceiling. It seems to be divided into a couple of different quadrants, and everything is very clean and warm. It's all in white marble with gold leaf decorations. You can see that there's kind of a, a, an area on one side with a bunch of benches and some some toys that obviously seems to be for the younger gnomes. And there's a center section with another hearth and a bunch of blankets and pillows laid out. And then along the wall around each side, there is essentially a station to a lot of the gods and goddesses that you are familiar with. Most of them are gnomish in general. There are a, a couple that are uh, more general. You do see Taimora and you do see uh, Bahamut represented amongst all of the the, the gods wanna, and goddesses that I, have... I give their stations like that, like, what's up, hey? Like that acknowledging nod. It's like, yeah, what's up? It's cool. I see you. Yep. You see me. We're good. The largest one there is obviously Tugar Glittergold, who you would know. He is one of the main gnomish deities. And Venmilla gives him a nod as you move past to a another station that is decorated in uh, silks and patterns that are evocative of kind of yellow and golds. And there's a very comfortable sitting area in front of a um, what seems to be a stylized painting of Queen Bay. And as she approaches this area, Venmilla gives a little bow. And then turns to you and says, I will go make you some tea and bring some lemon so that you you can have some and then also have a moment alone with, with whatever you need to do. And she bows to you and then kind of glides out of the room. It's a very kind of warmly, here, take whatever moment you need. All right. So there's a thing I can do. What's it called? I wrote this down last time. And of course, let's spoil the magic, Julia. <laughs> um, so I think I can do something called like channel divinity where I basically talk to the goddess. Well, channel divinity is a type of spell that as a cleric, you've got a couple of them. Um, turn undead is one of those. And yeah, I can do blessed It does. Healer. It is a more direct channeling of your goddess's power, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not a direct line of communication. There are other spells that let you do that. Yeah, I've got to find which one that is, though. 
can't I just pray? Isn't that a thing people do when God answers? Well, here's here's what we'll do. You take a second and find the spell and decide whether you want to use it or not. Meanwhile, Jonathan. So the last time we were together, you wanted to go find a place to get magic spells, I think? You were looking for a, a college or a guild hall? That's right. I, Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to add some, some resources to his arsenal. Well, not really arsenal. He wants to add some utility spells. It's things like, like um, sending, and I'm sure there are other spells that he can, that he can take advantage of at his level. But he doesn't. He feels like his study of the arcane arts is sort of leaning different ways, different, more blowy uppy and electrocuty <laughs> and buff my friend so he can kick lots of ass ways. So he wants a shortcut to get some in some of the like more utility spells into his book. Ah, shortcuts. A thing that every every magician always wants. Uh, well, and it always <laughs> ends well. It shortcuts always goes for magic users. Sometimes Perfectly their magic well. is called the Force. <laughs> always work out well. Always, always amazingly well. Well, you've asked around town as as kind of your party has split up in different directions. And what you have been directed to is less... A, a, a bunch of people have talked to you about a few magic shops in the area. But from your experience, that's more potions and things that you would need to actually cast spells. You're not sure if there would be an actual magic shop in town that would carry spells that you could add to your spell book. So the people that you talk to actually tell you to go visit the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors. Oh. And you can roll me a history check to see how much you know Hold about on, them. Hold on, I feel like I have to write that down. One second. I, let, me, let me go ahead and review my history of, or my knowledge of history. Don't know that I've heard of those. I get an 11. 11? 11. You've heard a little bit about it. As someone who studied, it was in Neverwinter that you studied, correct? Yes. I, I From Waterdeep, but born in Neverwinter. Or born in Waterdeep, uh, went to school in Neverwinter. So between what you remember from being fairly young and then just in general meeting other faculty and staff at the Neverwinter College that you went to who came from Waterdeep, you're a little familiar with the, the order. The order is half college, half guild hall. It is a place for local magicians, warlocks, wizards, sorcerers, witches, anyone with any kind of magical prowess, they can either go for study or they can join as part of the guild. It basically offers protection under both. Students can learn all kinds of disciplines of magic, members gain access to order resources, and the order itself bills itself as a, a philanthropic organization. Unlike other orders and guilds that are out for the money, they have contracts with the city to provide wizards in order to help guard the city or fight fires or basically help out. And the charter of the Watchful Order is specifically trying to raise the 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 comfort level people have with those with magical abilities. Obviously, people without any kind of magic are nervous around those who can, you know, set off a nuclear fireball. So the Watchful Order tries to promote the safe and responsible use of magic. 
and you do know that they do have a library. You're unsure about how to access it or whether it would actually have any spells in it that you could access, but it seems to be the right place. And the person that you hear about actually gives you some basic directions. The order has a college slash guild hall in the sea ward. So I'm assuming you're going to head there. Yes. Uh, corrections on my backstory. And I did actually send this to you, but I don't think you got it before our encounter with the sword that make, made us the Heralds of Greenest. Okay. Mm. So Jonathan Magimuscular was born on the Moonshea Isles in the city of uh, Ker Kalendir. Uh, so he's not from Waterdeep, like I said. Um, that was my mistake. Uh, okay. The boy who would com- become Jonathan the Magimuscular had a simple but awesome childhood. Um, you find out in his recap that maybe it wasn't as awesome as he's leading on to believe. And uh, maybe one incident uh, maybe may have been bad. And I'm going to expand on that. I don't know if you noticed, but in my recap, I reference a friend of mine, Scotty, who's looking down yes. on me. There is more there. Not not like tons more, but there is a reason why Jonathan the Magimuscular thinks of his friend Scotty, who's clearly no longer a rep. Uh, anyway, uh, stronger and smarter than most kids, his family moved to Neverwinter to expand their fishing business and allowed little Jonathan admission to the prestigious Neverwinter Academy of the Arcane Studies. Jonathan flourished at the academy, training his mind and body, was head of the, of the Society for the Study of Outsiders, and captain of the school's portal ball team. Ha. Yeah. For all his success, Jonathan has never failed, and that's his greatest weakness. He's never had to face defeat and doesn't know what it's like to lose. Everything has come to him so easily that he doesn't know what it means to have to work at something. Ah. So that's why that's why him dying or him getting knocked out bothered him so much. Well, in fairness, it would bother anybody, but that, that adds a, a definite different layer to it. So uh, I, I would like to to check out this guild hall. This This sounds like something that... I can bring a lot of awesome to and maybe 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 help them a little. But mostly it's about Jonathan the Magimuscular and them getting him for this guild. This is a win for them. This is a big deal for them. <laughs> well, you head to the Sea Ward and with the directions that you're able to gather, it's it's actually pretty easy to see the main tower of the order. Basically, the Order has two large buildings. One of them you eventually find because of the directions. The other you can see pretty much as soon as you enter the Sea Ward. This giant spire leading stories up into the sky in grays and purples. You've been told that this is the Amethyst Acropolis, and it is a windowless, doorless wizard's tower that seems to house everything that is needed for the Watchful Order, except for basically the entrance and the administrative building, which is kind of this small, squat, very basic building with some dark purple trim. It's got a single floor to it and is basically situated right in front of the Amethyst Acropolis. It has one big main entrance with these ornate uh, dark hardwood double doors. And when you enter, you see that this this building is actually rather small. The room that you enter has a couple of desks with some uh, lamps above them, obviously magical lamps. There is nobody within sight except for a halfling who is in the far back corner at a desk that seems to be too large for him. He is finely dressed in kind of a 
a, a really nice tunic and pants. He's got a, a quill and is very studiously writing something as you enter. He's got a, a very small pair of glasses perched on his nose, a wild mess of, of white hair, and he seems to be the only one in the room and doesn't acknowledge you as you come in. I As I walk in, so I walk into the doors, and I make sure that my heel... What kind of floor did you say this was? Uh, the floor itself is a, a very simple hardwood. Hardwood? Okay. So I make sure that my heel hits the wood with each step as hard as it can to like kind of make my steps fill the room. And I make sure that I put down my... I, I have my quarterstaff unclacked from my back, and I'm kind of walking with it and like and making sure that each impact hits that wood so that it's very apparent that someone is walking up. Okay, and are you actually just walking into the room or Yeah, you I'm walking... kind of taking it in, but I'm but I walk in, I see the halfling and I immediately make uh go to him. Okay. As you look around this room, it seems pretty bare and barren. There's no there's nothing on the walls. There's no tapestries or paintings or anything. It just seems to be a couple of desks, a few windows, and this door. You do see another door, a closed door leading further into the building. As you approach, the halfling finishes writing kind of in a flourish and gives a sigh that you read as, as more relief than annoyance. It's kind of a... <sighs> okay, well, that is done. <clears throat> Sir, I, I suspect that you wanted to speak to me? Yes, good sir. My name is Jonathan the Magimuscular. I am a, an alumnus of the Neverwinter Academy of the Arcane Arts. I have happened to be in town and was looking for information on your guild. Excellent. We're always looking for more initiates from the Neverwinter Academy. Uh, are you actually interested in joining the Watchful Order? I am interested in more information, and if that information... uh convinces me that this is an organization worthy of Jonathan the Magimuscular and and you of me, then I would be happy to join. But first, I, I would love some information. Excellent. Hold on. And he goes into the drawer of the desk that he's at and pulls out a folded over piece of paper and hands it to you. And it is very clearly a pamphlet across the front in colorful text. It says, Watchful Order of Magus and Protectors, join today. Serve your town. Your town will serve you. And as you open it up, you can see in common, there is just a riot of rules and regulations and texts and, you know, joining and fees and this and that and the other thing. And the, the halfling hands it on over and says, my name, my name is Razo, and I am the, the head administrator here at the Watchful Order. We're always very excited to have new members who want to join our guild, especially those who are already proficient in the magic arts. I'm assuming you're not here to be in the college if you've already graduated from another college, but you know. You, you never know when those might want to go on to get different degrees or higher education. Be, feel free to take this and read it over, but I'll I'll give you the I'll, I'll give you the short pamphlet. I let out a I let out a genuine belly laugh at that, and I'm like, he, oh, uh, uh, sir, uh, Mister Razo, would it be possible to get a tour of the building while I'm here? The pamphlet is great, though not in draconic. And, and I give him a little, a funny, but little like, eh. 
And uh, and I say, would it be possible to take a tour of the facility? He pushes his glasses up again and gives you kind of a curious look at your draconic statement. And then immediately his face falls. He says, oh, no, as you you obviously must be aware, the Amethyst Acropolis is very well protected. It is a place not just of higher learning, but it includes most of the influential most of the useful magicians in town and wizards and warlocks and all of those with magic powers and uh only those who are actual members of the guild are allowed inside for security reasons as you understand but joining the guild is a relatively simple process if you are interested it can be done in just a couple of days i look at the pamphlet and what does the pamphlet say about about joining the guild because it would be like it would it would be kind of jerkly to for him to hand me information and then start questioning about information that's in the pamphlet so I get I, I look down and I'm like, okay, well let me let me take a look at this real quick. So I with my keen mind, I quickly scan and interpret the text. Okay. One whole page is about joining the college to be a student of magic and the initiation fees and everything involved in that. You kind of quickly move over to the right hand side, which is about joining the guild itself. And you can see that there's there's four main steps. There is an initial proof of magical ability that's required, and it it mentions a couple of different ways that you can go about doing this, but cantrips would be kind of the, the main way. They just want some proof that you are actually magical. There is an initiation fee of 100 gold pieces, and then there are monthly dues of 20 gold pieces per month. The first year is required in advance, and then after that you can pay monthly, month by month. You are required to serve as an order watchman for at least one week a year, and in smaller text under that, almost illegible, it says, see master for details. And then the final requirement is the participation in the crafting of one magic item per year using at least three days of arcane energy the first service is required as an entry fee and go ahead and roll me an arcana check uh 20 excellent you know actually enchanting magic items is an arduous and difficult process that's why finding magic items is sometimes much more useful especially to adventurers but mage orders will actually go about crafting magic items, and they tend to require constant energy and time over days, and sometimes multiple magicians and multiple wizards concentrating. The more concentration, the more people involved, and the longer they work, the more powerful the magic item you can end up with. Three days, you get the sense, it doesn't talk about it, but from your arcane knowledge, three days, uh, it's three people working over three days in shifts. That's probably kind of a, a basic magic item you'd be creating. Okay. Does the pamphlet... So, Jesus, that's expensive. Do we... Do we have that much gold? I, I take an inventory in my mind because I didn't. I don't have any gold written down. I think it's just party gold. Oh, I have four hundred and one GP on my own. So they would need three hundred and forty GP right away. Three forty is a down payment, and then you would have to uh, go through three days of the participation in creating a magic item for the guild. Okay. Uh. All right. Let's let's see here. 
And as you scan over the pamphlet, um, Razo is kind of antsy sitting at his desk. And as it looks like you've looked away from the pamphlet for a moment to do this mental calculation and kind of think over your arcane knowledge, he says, so if there are any questions, I would be more than happy to give you all of the details. That's that's why I am here. It, it can be uh, confusing, but, you know, it's, it's fairly a simple process once you've joined. Uh, I, yeah, I do have a couple of questions, though. Sure. So, Razo, I'm looking over this pamphlet, and as an adventuring wizard, I am out and about in the world. I've actually just come up to Waterdeep from a town called Greenis, further down the Sword Coast. How do I deliver my dues? And I know this won't be an issue for the first year, but after that, how are dues delivered if I am uh, absent from the guild? However you would wish, you are always happy to pay them in advance. We do offer a bit of a grace period. You would, of course, not be the first wandering wizard to come into our our, our good graces. Uh, we also do accept um, most teleportation pamphlets, and we we can discuss other options as you are. Uh, enjoy a higher standing amongst the guild, but mostly most of our participants who tend to split their time between Waterdeep and other places like to pay their dues in advance. Okay. And are there, does this guild have offices in any other cities like Neverwinter or maybe further, maybe to Baldur's Gate or places like that? Not official offices. No, we are specifically the Waterdeep centered we we only provide services to those who have a magical skill here in Waterdeep. we do have representatives at some of the other major colleges for example if you happen to go back to neverwinter you could definitely find one of our representatives there that could be a way that you could pay your dues if you would prefer okay but most of the people who choose to join our guild are people who are are in residence in Waterdeep for at least some of the time that's that is why one of our main one of our main requirements is serving as an order watchman for at least one week a year and does the pamphlet have any information about the actual duties of an order watchman it does not it just says in okay. very tiny text under that ask for more and i so i'm like well the pamphlet specifically says ask about being an order watchman uh what does that entail oh yes that's one of the more exciting bits we have a, an official charter from the uh the master lords of Waterdeep in order to have this amazing facility that we do we provide our our guild members as a variety of services many basically serve on the watch for a week it can be rather boring Unless there's a spell plague. I mean, that, that kind of thing happens. Mostly they are there to provide general magic services. We put out a lot of fires. If I were, during my service, is that required that I do it by myself? Or if I, say, had some friends that I was traveling with, could they accompany me on my on my watch duties? That would be up to actually the the watch itself. We just provide the the magicians oh, I see. and the so wizards. You would you would loan me to the watch and then they would they would lay down the rules for for that. Do you do you know happen to know what exactly. those are? For for Waterdeep? It's been a while. And the rules for the, the watch or the rules to have friends along for the watch? The the rules that the watch may have for having friends along the on the watch. I don't because most of our, our magicians decide to serve their one week and be 
gone. It is mostly very boring duty. You tend to uh, summon a lot of water elementals to put out fires all over the city. Oh, oh and I see. The- you were you were literally talking fires. Okay, I, I thought they were figurative fires, but they are... It's a little bit of both, but okay. it's more of the literal than the figurative. There's literal fires. Waterdeep residents tend to get messy when it comes to fires in general. The number of, of turkeys that end up exploding because people want to put them into boiling oil which I never really understood why you would do that to a perfectly good turkey that makes whole houses explode we have to put out public service announcements every year asking our residents please do not submerge your turkeys in boiling oil and yet we still have to put out so many fires I I will say on anyone's very weak defense of, of, of doing that it is delicious it is. It is only delicious if you are turkey. not on fire. Exactly. Exactly. I, I maybe people should know their limits as far as cooking turkeys, and, and yes. exploding turkeys are not good. Now, if you are exploding turkeys out out in the in the wilderness for reasons that probably isn't acceptable either. Let's move on. Uh, I do have. We don't ask what you do on your free time with your turkeys. So this actually brings up a, and I, I quickly review the pamphlet in my head Does, did the pamphlet mention spell acquisition like copying spells from the library or trading spells or things like that not specifically but it does list one of the guild perks as being able to access the silent library which it says quote is a vast archive of information available to members and students okay i ask then I'm kind of following up on his water elemental question so this actually brings up something I wanted to discuss with you, and it's one of the reasons why I'm here. I currently don't have any summoning spells. I fancy myself an evoker, and most of my spells put fires in places rather than put them out. But I want to be an effective member of the Watch, and as you said, you don't control the Watch. The Watch probably wants wizards who can summon water elementals. To that end, if I joined this guild, would it be possible to add some of those summoning spells or maybe other utility spells to my spell book as part of the library? Is that what the library does? Is that one of the things the library does? I am very curious. That is definitely one of the things the library does. We are not just an organization here to help Waterdeep, but the education of all of its members. And certainly, while we will assign you duties that uh, befit your talents as uh, magic, met, magic, met, met, <clears throat> magical practitioner, we would obviously offer you the vast array of knowledge that we have at our disposal, and then. Uh, Razzle leans in a little bit to you as though he's speaking sotto voce, even though there's nobody else in the room. He kind of looks around. There are probably sensors in the room, I'm thinking. And he he waves you in just, just a little bit as though in confidence. And he says, honestly, that's why it's so expensive to join. We're trying to prevent those who would just pay the initiation fee, steal a whole bunch of spells and leave. We tried to, you know mitigate that as much as possible. We had some problems at first with, no offense, but wandering adventurers who just thought that they could just, you know, stop by and take a spell or two. No, no, I I completely understand. I, as a wandering adventurer, that 
that kind of insults what I do. Wandering wizards Absolutely. are a thing. And and I I'm and I, I also lean in and I'm like, I'm be honest. My studies have taken me from the realms of utility and and summoning to the realms of blasting stuff really good. To to borrow a <laughs> phrase from my barbarian companion. So at that <laughs> Razo actually can't help himself and you see his hands like make fists and a kind of a big grin come across his face and he says I must admit that that's some of the most fun m- m- magic that I have seen oh, if, I, if so I, I was start a practitioner out, like, myself. Oh my god, the other uh, not not a week ago we were we were on a mission and we were up against cultists of Tiamat. I fireballed <gasps> a bunch of them. <gasps> and I like, and I'm like, I really, because his excitement is kind of feeding my excitement. So I'm like, I dropped three of them right away. The next died soon after from their wounds. They, it was glorious. Glorious. Excellent. And you can see without even an insight check, this, he's not humoring you. This is obviously a halfling who is just starstruck by any magic user who comes his way. And as you, you talk about this story, his eyes just get nice and wide and his grin gets big. And as you describe the fireball, it's almost as though you can see the movie in his mind playing your story back and he says excellent well you would be a fantastic addition to our guild and i'm sure our guild would be more than happy to have your services and and be able to provide you with with everything you need to expand your knowledge it would be fantastic i razzo razzo are are you interested you i am very very interested i just have one more question anything i as i pointed out i am a wandering wizard what i if if I do join this guild, I will I will perform my duties for this guild in Waterdeep as as required. However, I am I plan to be out in the world quite a bit. Is it an issue if I join another wizard's guild, maybe the guild that my academy sponsors? It would that be a conflict of interest or or is it is it cool that as long as I do my duties and pay my dues to this guild, I can do whatever I want out in the world? As long as it's not evil and I'm trying to destroy said world, of course. Of course. And and we do, uh, the only thing that we do not practice here is necromancy. There will be no oh, raising no. of Disgusting. the dead. Ugh. Ugh. Other than that, no, as long as, as long as you continue to pay your dues and do the few things that are required of you once a year, the helping with the, the crafting of a magic item and the working with the watchmen, then you are, are free and clear to join whatever other organizations you see fit. I, I hold out my hand and say, Razo? Yes? I hope, I hope you, I hope you have me for this guild. I, I am very excited. Oh, so you you want to join right now? I my gold is with my party, so we we ah. do we do do party gold. So I don't have a whole lot of money on me now. However, it, it's and I and I do the math again. Three forty, right? Three forty is the total. Okay, 
And and he says, yes, 100 for the initiation fee, the 20 gold per month, which is the 240. So 340 gold up front will need the proof of your magical abilities, which I'm sure you could, uh, no problem. And then you'll need to spend the, the three days helping with crafting a magic item. At the end of those three days, with a little bit of paper, a little bit of paperwork, and he pulls out what looks like five or six sheets of paper uh, that look like various and sundry forms. He says, a little bit of paperwork and your entry is guaranteed. I I appreciate that. I am going to go rejoin my party and and discuss this with them because we we are in water deep as a group and I need to make sure that they can be without me for three days. I, I don't there had been talk of some other some other dealings in, in and around water deep, but if I can get off for those three days, then then I will definitely I will be back. I will have I, I will have the initiation and the membership fees, and we can go from there. This sounds like an excellent plan, and, and Razo stands up, which of course means he's now. Oh, 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 oh! One, one, what? One more question. So you mentioned that part of that one of the reasons why it's expensive is because we do get spells from the library. Is there a? Obviously, there has to be some sort of limit to the number of spells you can get over a certain amount of time, or some such. Uh, the limit is basically how much time you want to spend and how much gold you want to spend. Ah, okay. You would know as a wizard right. that adding spells to your spell book costs both time and gold. Let's, for and the audience, go over what those specifics are. All right, so you can copy a spell into your spell book as long as it is a spell of a level that you can cast. So you can't copy spells of, like right now, you can't copy an eighth level spell. Right. You can't cast it yet. For each level of the spell, the process takes two hours and costs 50 gold pieces. The cost represents material components you expend as you experiment with the spell to master it, as well as the findings you need to record it. Once you've spent the time and the money, you can prepare the spell just like you do other spells so basically what he's saying is they offer you the spells to copy but it is still up to you to have the time and the money to take them well and and the audience may not be aware that one of the loots that a wizard can get is a copy of a spell that you can then copy into your spell book for with that procedure so having a library of those spells handy and so, in this case, Jonathan the Magimuscular could go and copy sending into his book rather than using one of the spells that he would get from leveling up. It is very handy. You can you can go and get another education, which, as we all know, costs both time and money. Right. Anyway, Razo stands up, comes around the desk to shake your hand. He gives you uh, a nice clasp across the forearm and says, "Sir, I look forward to your your experience." Speediest return to this fine organization. I, I will see you as soon as possible. Thank you. And I, I turn around and and uh, and walk out. And can I think to Bucks right now? No, 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 no. Actually, actually, he was with uh, he was with the party providing anti theft Overwatch, so he didn't come with me. While your familiar is within one hundred feet of you, you can communicate it with telepathically. So the answer is no. No, he is not anywhere near. Okay, that's fine. He is not anywhere near you. Okay, I, I step out and uh, and I say, oh, and one more thing. What sort of familiar care services does the guild provide? I, I have an owl and his name is Bucks. And I would, 
I would love to sell him on this as well. I mean, obviously, he has to do whatever I say, but but I, I would like him to be okay with this too. If there's something that offered that is offered for familiar like familiars like owls, maybe a feather a feather trimming service or a nice feather massage, uh, like like a like a day spa for for familiar. You could definitely speak to some of our head wizards who are in charge of the summoning of familiars. Most of most of our higher ranking members have some sort of familiar and they definitely could help you out with those services. But yes, many of our members have a variety of winged creatures of all sorts. Excellent. Thank you very much, Razo. And I walk out the door. All right. So you're going to head back to the trade ward where you last saw your, your companions? That's right. I'm going to head back there and... Uh... And let them know what's up. Perfect. Okay. You know what I didn't ask? Razo was an administrator, and he got really excited about magic. But was he a magician himself? You don't know. You didn't ask. I didn't ask. I don't... Would it be rude to ask if someone is a wizard or a muggle? In your experience, you could probably think of a way to ask it that's not rude. Okay. You could put it out there in a couple of different ways, and I and I trust Jonathan the Magimuscular is intelligent enough to figure out a way to ask it in a complimentary way. Right, yeah. Travancore and Carlton, you guys are looking for a bar. Yes. Tell me what you're looking for. Uh, a rowdy bar. Yeah, definitely a place that adventurers like us would hang out. Some place that, yeah, we would hang out. Meet some friends, share some stories, yeah. pick up on some clues. Get know. some intel. You know, if we we either get hammered or get information, or if it's a really successful adventure, get both. All right, go ahead and roll me some investigation checks. Investigation, that is intelligence. I'm so smart. No, I'm not. I'm moderately smart today. 14. And uh, not so much. Six. There's a lot of bars around but you are not sure if you are if you're gonna fit in with any of them it's kind of hard to tell it is kind of the middle of the day it's two three o'clock ish in the afternoon so a lot of the the places of of you know drink and carousing are relatively quiet even after a lunch rush you do come across a couple of places you eventually find two different bars that are available you do find the the golden rook tavern which does seem to have at least from the inside more raucous music than the waving mug which is across the street i say we go towards the tunes what do you think i was gonna say pub crawl Pub crawl. We can do why not volcano dose, whatever that means. <laughs> I, he says in Elvish. <laughs> yeah, I say that's. I say that in Elvish. All right, which one do you want to go to? Uh, we'll do Golden first. Rook first, and then we'll hit up that uh, that other one. So there's the Golden Rook that you're heading towards. That's got the more raucous music. As you approach the door, you actually hear what sounds like a a piano playing, kind of ragtime music. It's it's very out of tune but it's such fun music that it almost doesn't matter and it's it's so kind of well artfully played that the the quality of the piano doesn't seem to matter it's very loud and as you enter you can see kind of an an upright piano in the corner and this uh half elf is just pounding away on this thing to look at him he looks spazzy but he's actually producing kind of some fun music that dis- despite its discord is is toe tappy otherwise it seems to be kind of your your standard bar and tavern there's 
a smattering of patrons at a bunch of different tables. There's a human barkeep over on the right-hand side who is currently serving up some mugs of ale. And what would you like to do? Let's get us a drink. Yeah. Uh, while he's grabbing us a drink, I want to kind of eavesdrop on and try to pick up on anybody's conversations about adventuring and work and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, Travancore, as you head over to the bar, Carlton, roll me a perception check. Unnatural 20. Okay. As you listen in to the bar, the music is very loud. And as you kind of pierce through the music, there's actually not a lot of conversation going on. The people that are in this bar, the vast majority of them, the, the patrons that you can see, are alone. Not necessarily out of anything nefarious that you can tell. This just seems to be the time of day and where anyone who's day drinking, they're doing it by themselves. You do see um two humans over on one side who are sharing a drink and they're being very quiet about it, but they are talking about uh, the fun they're going to have later in bed. <laughs> the fun they're going to have later in bed. Yeah, the two of them they're yeah. they're trying to be discreet, but the 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 one turns to the other and with your they're perception enamored. you can clearly start to hear more than you really wanted to know about the mating habits of two male humans. Alright, so I go find Travancore and I point okay. out the two humans and I'll be like, yo, those two are gonna fuck. Good for them. This <laughs> 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 the most Travancore response. I'm sorry, this is like good for them. Okay, let's <laughs> does not give a fuck no pun intended the barkeep who had been in the process of asking Travancore what he would like to drink is interrupted by Carlton's statement he looks over at the two men and he kind of gives a smile and he says <laughs> took him long enough jeez ah, what, what would you find gentlemen like today well, what do you got? I, I would ordinarily go for whatever's on tap, but do you have anything like in terms of reserve, like a nice, like a little a step above what what you would normally serve? <laughs> this, this is not that kind of place, sir. What You're you looking see is for, what you get? for? Yeah, we we everything I got here is good. It's gonna be really good. I ain't got anything that's great, but I also don't have anything that's expensive. Well, that sounds like that's right about our speed. Let me get two of whatever's on tap. Whatever's of the pop. good, not expensive ale. Yeah. <laughs> he grabs two pints and fills them with a, a dark amber liquid that he tells you is is basically the house beer. Okay. And doesn't have a name to it, passes it on over, says, have yourself a seat. We got some food. You can have some more drinks. I'll start you a tab. Uh, and as you drink it, you can you can taste that it is a decent lager. Okay. You got to figure lager. that the bartenders around here got to know a little bit about the area and all that. Yes, yeah, that I was thinking. It's not too. It's pretty sparse in here. So why don't we ask the guy who spends every day here? Yeah, yeah. Let's flag him down. Uh, you haven't left the bar yet, so he hands you over the beer, and then he just is kind of still standing there. Hi, so. is it good, sir? Do you know where uh, some people like us could find some work in town? Pe people like you, eh, yeah. You can find all kinds of work. What what kind of people are you? You know the kind of things that make other people not bad people who make bad people go away. Yeah. We're those ah. kind of people. So, I'm guessing you don't want to join the City Watch, because in town, that's what the City Watch does. If you're not City Watch making bad people go away, then you're one of those bad people. No, we're independent contractors. 
Yeah. Ah, adventure. So I should talk to the city, city watch. All right. Yeah, well, if you want to legally go go about, you know, the kicking down the doors and the the stopping of people who are doing all the evil stuff, you gotta go join the city watch around here. But you seem like adventurers. Yeah, well, you know, given my appearance, I have to clarify that I'm not an actual full orc and that I actually kick down the doors of bad people and not good people. Oh, the city watch doesn't kick down the doors of good people, as far as I know. Anyway, I they only kick down my doors when, when I maybe had some shifty characters in here, and I totally understood when they did that. <clears throat> nah, uh, you're not going to find much work in town. The uh, City Watch kind of frowns upon that kind of thing. Uh, you could go, you could talk to Gorin over there. He's, he's the only other adventurer I know that's, that's in this, in this tavern. He may have some ideas for you. And he points to an elven gentleman who is seated on the opposite side of the tavern from the piano. Uh, kind of intentionally as far away as possible, as you can see, near where there's a fire burning. And he is drinking a, he's drinking some ale. He's digging into a plate of what looks like some kind of mutton. And um, he is dressed for bear. You can see he's got leather armor on. You can see two different swords lying on the floor next to his, his chair. He is... He's got a helmet that is sitting on the table next to him. He's got this very finely braided blonde hair leading all the way down his back. And when he turns his eye, when he turns his face for a second, you can see that he's actually got an eye patch over one of his eyes. And he, he looks like a serious character. And the barkeep points to him and says, eh, Gordon comes in here about once a month, eats, drinks, leaves. He seems to know about what's going on with you adventuring types. Cool. Appreciate the heads up. And he, he waves you off, and what would you like to do? Let's talk to my way Gorin. Gorin. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'm gonna take a, I'll take a gold out as I head over there and, like, accidentally drop it on the table. On Gorin's on table. Gorin's table? Okay. Yeah. So you approached him, and he was kind of, not his back directly to you, he was kind of positioned so that he could see from his good eye out the whole tavern. So he's not very surprised by the gold dropping down, but he does pause, and he looks up and he says, You dropped something, friend. Oh, sorry. I've, uh, you, know, why, you know what? Finders keepers. You found it on your table, you may keep it. I, I find finding things that belong to other people usually bring issues that belong to other people, and he slides it back over to you and says, just tell me, tell me what you want. Do not play games with me. And he goes back to eating. Well, you're the charismatic one. You should ask about work, because so, I'm going to end up pissing him off. You want me to level with you? I'll level with you. Uh, so my friend here, actually, is a Waterdeep. Subtly. Yeah. Sort of a, a one of Waterdeep's own. But, uh, but he's sort of not looking... Quite. He's looking- I, I keep chiming in as he's doing this. I'm like, all right, you know, I got you, I got you, I got you. <laughs> so, my friend, I I was born outside these parts, not really from Waterdeep in the in the area. Found myself out way by Greenest, you know, doing some odd jobs here and there. Coming back to town, trying to get the uh, lowdown on where independent contractors like ourselves could find some work. <laughs> independent contractors. There, there is no such thing as an independent contractor. It is all done by the the watch here. You have to go other places if you want to find work. And he he looks at you, Travancore, uh, and you can see he's full elven, but he kind of gives you a nod. And then he looks 
down past you at Shadow, who's kind of wandered in past you, and he gives Shadow a bit of a nod, and you you sense Shadow and him that something passes between the two of them, because Shadow kind of, he doesn't make any noise, but he kind of nods back at this this gentleman. And the the elf says, you seem like you have enough clout behind you to find your own work. Why, what are you asking me about? Well, we're new. This is not where we're from. We figured you gotta have to know about what's going on around here. <laughs> Waterdeep is a cultured place. Waterdeep is where where I come for good food and a night's rest without having to be out in the in the wilds. Waterdeep is not where you go for adventure. Waterdeep is where you go in between adventure. If you want to make trouble, you come here, but I am not here for trouble. I am here because I am tired. I'm here because these old bones are tired of chasing ghosts and necrotic animals through the Cryptguard forest. And he digs back into his food kind of with a sigh. You say Cryptguard and forest. Is there still trouble about theirs? There's always trouble in that forest. And lately, the whole place is just cursed. There, huh. if you want adventure... You go there, you find yourself some pelts, you find yourself some 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 way to lift that curse. I will not go back into that forest. I've been asked by Melikiki too many times, and I am done with it. Who's Melikiki? Actually, both of you go ahead and roll me a religion check. Oh. Religion, that is. I haven't got that oh, one in a while. No bonus. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Carlton, you actually, I'll give you advantage on this. All right, 15 because... and... 17. And Travancore? 12. <laughs> All right. Both of you do recognize the goddess of the forests, Melikiki. She is a fairly well-known goddess, not one that is worshipped usually in towns. There, She is a nature spirit of sorts that protects the animals, nature, the trees. She she would be, uh, and Carlton, you would, would know this, she would be someone who would lord over the, the Crypt Garden Forest. And the elf that's that's sitting there seems to scowl at her name in a familiar way. One last question for you, good friend. Long ago, I remember hearing tales of some orcs that used to raid down from the Sword Mountains. Have those has that problem been eradicated? <laughs> uh, the the orcs that come from the mountain are like the snows that come from the mountain. They come, they go, they come again. If you think they are gone, then you do not understand how the seasons work. Thank you, my friend. And I slide back that gold. For your time and for your meal, since we've so rudely interrupted you, thank you. And at this point, he takes it, and he nods to you, and he nods to Travancore, and he nods to Shadow, and he says, for information, and he puts the gold away and goes back to his food. Well, sounds like we can continue our pub crawl. Pub crawl! I finish <laughs> my drink. I I walk out drinking mine. <laughs> uh, when you try to walk out, the barkeep is actually going to run up and be like, oh, sir, 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 sir. And he's going to let you know that uh, that glass belongs to him. He's going to want that glass back. There you All go. Right, I down it and toss it to him. Gently. Yeah. 
<laughs> he catches it. Travancore, as you finish your drink, uh, we'll go back to Bernie. Bernie, what have you found out? I can cast the Augury spell I cast before. There's no way, there's no spell that I have so far that lets me directly talk to a god other than actual prayer. All right. Would you like to actually pray? We're going to pray. All right. Go ahead and um, roll me a religion check as you kneel down in front of this altar. It's not like a, a, a full on kneel. It's the, the kneel that you're familiar with. It, it's kind of more of the kneel that um, child's pose. It's karate child's pose. students take with senseis. You know, they kind of back on their on their heels. You close your eyes and you reach out into the ether for your goddess. And what did you roll? 24. In this place, in this familiar place that you've only been in a couple of minutes but just the trappings the the roundness the size the faces that mirror your own the temple to a goddess of someone that you haven't seen except in your dreams in a very long time it's relatively easy to reach out and feel the touch of the one that you have been praying to most of your life and in your head, you feel kind of in the back of your head, this tingle and this warmth. And it, it, it feels relaxing. It feels like home. This is nice. This is how I feel after yoga. So I'm perfectly content with just this. <laughs> I just needed to tell you. I'm sorry about the whole TMI thing. You know that was necessity of the moment. They smelled really bad, if that's any consolation. And after you make this admission, you you continue to feel kind of that warmth, uh, especially kind of in the back of your head and down into your neck. And then as you make this admission, your your heart feels that warmth as well. And it's it's accepting. Cool. We're cool. Thank you. There's also this dragon. And he thinks he's a god. And I have a feeling along down the line, we're going to butt heads about that fact. I'm just throwing that out there. I suggested he make masks that look like himself and hand him out to the kobolds because they seem to be a little unsure as to who they're worshipping. But I suppose that's neither here nor there. The gentle smell of an herbal tea with a lot of lemon suddenly fills your senses. And as you open your eyes, you can see that Vanilla is now standing there with, with a cup of tea. And she says... I I didn't want to leave for as long as I did, but I got distracted. I'm sorry you've been down here so long, but I did I did bring some tea. Ooh, I like tea. As you drink the tea and then look down at the the empty cup, it's a small cup. It's more like it's you know, a kind of a mouthful or two. Cup. It's it's not just gnome sized cup. It is very small. It's it's obviously like a sipping cup yeah. that she's going to refill. You take a, a sip or two and look down into the cup. And unbidden, the warmth in your body flows into the cup, and as the leaves swirl around, you you feel them slowly move towards a pattern of woe. Well, 
Hmm. And Venmilla says, Have you had a chance to, to commune with your goddess? Yes. I have. And, well, I might be needed elsewhere. You seem like one that's needed in a lot of places. Yes, unfortunately, we tend to do this thing where we all split up and go on our own adventures when we get into big cities where we don't actually know where we're going. So that's a thing. And I really have truly appreciated being in a place where everything actually is my size. And people don't ask me, who's that, when I tell them who I work for. And, you know, I'm not cute. I'm just a person. And I don't stand at knee height or ass height. This has been pretty great 10 minutes. But I think, according to this ten, cup... 10 minutes? And she gives you a curious look and she says, My sister, you've been down here for an hour. Oh. Well, shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am very familiar with being enraptured with that with was some communing good with Queen Bay, and I, as I said, I got momentarily distracted, and I thought that you could you could use the time, and I see maybe this has been good for you. Very. Oh yes, one hundred percent, and like not gonna forget it. But I am feeling that I need to go find everyone else I traveled with. And as much as I am getting a little sick of their kneecaps, I love them in that platonic, like, I probably won't let them die kind of way. There's this bear. And, well, we might let him die. But, <laughs> but... They grow on you. They really do for, for large, smelly, humanoid kind of things. Um, so I'm going to go make sure they're not dying. I think that's kind of my job. She gives you a hand to help you stand back up again. And you've been continuing to kind of feel this warmth from the, from the prayer that you were in. As you stand up and that the, the meditation fades, you can now feel, the, oh, your knees are going to be unhappy with this for a little while. And she helps you stand back up and she says, I, I feel like our, our queen has asked you to shepherd those worth your time. Oh, even, lady, it's hurting past. Even those, even hurting bears. Yes. Well, that is a thing we're doing now, I suppose. I'm going to give her a hug, and I'm going to say thank you one more time, and then I'm going to dash outside and see what kind of idiocy my friends have found themselves in. Okay. She gives you a very nice warm hug, and as you, you leave the hug and you start to leave, she does, she does say, you are welcome here anytime that you need. Thank you. As you head back outside, you can see that there are only three children and four adults standing around your dog, who is very patiently, at this point, uh, still sitting there letting people pet him and dote on over him. Uh, whenever one of the small children tries to climb on him, an adult is very good about making sure that that doesn't happen, even though the saddle is very enticing. And as soon as he sees you, he gets back up onto his feet and trots on over already. All right, Coco Sneak. You live, lead a very hard life, as I can see. We have to go find everybody. Do you remember what they smell like? Can you just figure out how to get there from there? And he just looks at you with a... 
but you remember how to get back to where you were, at least. We're going to go back to where we were, and then we're going to sniff them out, because it seems like they're doing, according to these leaves that I found in the bottom of the teacup, they're doing something stupid. Roll me a religion check. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got a critical failure. Plus okay. eight, so a nine. You are now terrified that something horrible has happened and climb onto Coco Snoot and take off like the wind. Can I reassess later? Is that a thing I can do? Can I like later on like do another check and be like, well, let's think about this. Perhaps. Let's give it a little bit of time as you rush off out of the Gnomish Enclave as uh, Jonathan finishes up his time with the, uh, the, the magical people and... Travancore and Carlton, you are exiting the Golden Rook, and you wanted to head for a different bar. Yep. Yes. All hey, right. uh, Travancore. Oh, yeah, what's up? Uh, so, we just opened a tab there, and then left. We'll be back. Sure, we'll be back, and I air quote the word back. And you do hear the barkeep yelling at you uh, after he's caught this glass as you guys, you know, you chugged and then caught the glass and then walked out. And as Travancore is following Carlton, you do hear the barkeep say, hey, that, right. that I, was, I, hey, I go back, sir. I, I go back and pay him. Okay. It's uh, two coppers for the, I, I pretty easy. three just because. All right. He takes it and he says, yeah, be more careful about that. Tell your friend. Be a little more careful about That's that. That's what the extra copper's for, my friend. We'll see you soon. And he waves you off. His his face had gone red, and now he's kind of relaxing a little bit. You come outside, and you guys are going to head over to the waving mug? Yeah. So just to be clear, it looks like you want to just look for information under the auspice of looking for work. You don't want to tip your hat. That about right? Right. I I don't want people to know I'm onto them. Took me a second. I'm, I'm with you now. I can follow your lead. We're good. <laughs> On to the next bar. I'm thirsty. All right, you head on over to the Waving Mug, which is a little less rowdy, partially because it doesn't have the raucous piano music going on. Uh, this bar actually doesn't have any music going on. There doesn't seem to be a bard in service. It is, once again, sparsely uh, inhabited, mostly at this point by groups of what can, what seems to be families, uh, three or four couple of adults, couple of kids here and there. The wait staff seems to be more older elf gentlemen, and the bar is a bit smaller, and there's nobody actually sitting at the bar. This seems to be more restaurant style. Ah, well, I think I'll be the first person to sit at the bar. All right, you come on over. Uh, a very tall, dark-skinned, elvish gentleman with flowing robes comes up to you, notices who has sat down, and in elvish greets you and says, How may I be of service? I would like two pints of your finest ale. Were you were you interested in ale, or were you interested in maybe some wine? Our, our ale is nothing, and he's still in elvish, by the way. Right. Our ale is- I'm just sitting there looking like, the fuck is going on? He's talking to Travancore. Our ale is of no particular vintage, but we have some very nice uh, blackberry wine in season from uh, just up towards Neverwinter that would be, that is quite lovely. You know what? Let's do a couple glasses of that. Carlton, you down for some wine? Mix it up a little bit? Wait, wine? Is that, is that what he said? Yeah, wine. You want some wine? Sure. Cool. I think wine would be nice. You know what I've really been craving because we haven't had it in a while? What? Sorcerer's sweat. 
Oh boy. I don't know, man. I feel I'm, like that, I'm in the mood that... for some sorcerer sweat. And I feel like water needs a town to find it in. Dude, real talk, like that feathered beard of yours was amazing. <laughs> I know, if I you miss had it. it. I don't miss being a potted plant. Maybe most of the time. But uh this is all in common, so I'm sure he understands whatever. But yeah, we'll do two glasses of that that wine. Alright. The the barkeep pulls out two copper glasses, essentially. They're taller stemmed but they're still made out of of copper and you get the sense that there's not a lot of like pure glass around here just for the breakable value pours out of a bottle some very deep almost black wine that has a very fruity flavor to it and when you take a sip it is it is sweet and almost dry and so you kind of have to take another sip Hmm. i i hold up my pinky and i kind of sniff the glass you know, yeah. in my big giant orc hand, <laughs> uh, and then I say, mm, "Smells like a good vintage." Um, and, and the waiter's there. I'm like, "Good sir, um, do you know where in town one could procure? Not that this isn't smell delicious, but where one could procure some sorcerer's sweat?" The barkeep that served you the wine cocks his head at you for a moment and says, "I'm not. Is that a drink?" Is that a, or are you actually looking for the sweat of a sorcerer? Because it's I a very, point very you limited towards some wizards. Ale. It's a very limited special edition ale, and I figured a fine city like Waterdeep, Waterdeep, would have the available facilities where one could, say, procure some. I don't have anything like that. If you're looking for anything involving magic, I would definitely go to the Amethyst Acropolis. They would know more about that than I would. I I just have wine. Uh, thank you, good sir. And then I chug the wine. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you kind of a disappointed look when you chug it, but doesn't say anything. I, having the bearing of a viceroy, managed to drink my wine in a manner fitting someone of my station in life. It was the uh, Amethyst what? It's the Amethyst Acropolis, is what he says. Oh. Note taking. And one more question. I mean, based on the, the vibe we're getting from this town, it seems to be a very domesticated place. And But what I mean by that is that it's kind of the place where, if you follow my meaning, and I say this, this last bit in Elvish, adventure goes to die. Oh, sir, adventure doesn't come here to die. Adventure comes here to wait. This is, but you are correct. This is a a cultured town. We don't, we we try not to encourage any riffraff, and the the city watch is fairly good about keeping people in good standing, in good order. I certainly would not be able to open up a fine family restaurant like this if this was, say, Baldur's Gate. <laughs> I, I I said to Travancore, and I'm like, hey, hey, ask him where the Acropolis Amethyst is. Yeah, so where is this uh, Amethyst Acropolis? The Amethyst Acropolis is located uh, in the Sea Ward, and it's something for the the magicians among us to be able to participate in. And if if there was any sorcerer's sweat, you would you would find information about it there. Ah, uh, all right. Well, I I appreciate your your advice and your custom. Well, I guess my custom, as I had to say. What I mean to say is, and I, I, I take all that back, I appreciate your information and your hospitality. He nods to you, 
and we'll switch back to Jonathan and, and Bernie. You guys have finished your respective adventures and have re-entered kind of the same part of town in the trade ward that you had left your friends. Go ahead and roll me a uh, investiga- investigation check, both of you. All right. Hey, Bernie. Uh, how's it going? Hey. Oh, you haven't found each other. Oh, you guys okay. are We're just finding each other. I got a seven. Drink. Natural twenty. About time <laughs> tonight. Twenty-eight. I was running low. By the way. Oh, twenty-eight. Mm. Bernie, even though you were just here maybe a scant hour or two ago, it, it's new people. It's new places. It's you don't know what's going on. You have no idea how to find people. You realize that when everybody said they were going off in their different directions, that that was the moment that you should have like figured something out and you didn't and you're cursing yourself for not being more assertive and figuring out how to find each other and Jonathan you very clearly not only spot Bernie on her mount looking discouraged but you spot the two bars that are right there very close to where you guys were trying on clothes not a couple of hours ago and have a pretty good idea where your friends might have gone to. I stroll up and I say, hey, Bernie, how's it going? And I wave. (sighs) Well, it's going, obviously, and apparently shit's about to go down, but maybe not that much shit, but maybe a lot of shit. And if you haven't done something stupid and then those other two assholes in our party. I say, well, um... That's I don't it. think this is stupid. I think this can help us out. And I hand her the the pamphlet. It's like, I'm looking into these guys. But first, let's find our other guys. And I think I have a good idea where they went. And I point my staff at the uh, at the bars that we can see. I want to read the okay. pamphlet. And then I look up at him and I say, are you joining the National Guard? Sort of, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, it says they but, put out fires. Are they looking for people to start them? Bernie, you and I have an affinity for starting fires. I don't think that affinity plays well in this particular deal. However, how much is this going to cost? And I, I, I'd let her know all the details. And, That's a uh, lot. Did you already give them that much money? I came back to talk about it with you guys. Oh, I think good, good. I have, so I have pros not and cons what the tea leaves meant. Yeah. So hold on, you're going to pay quite a lot of money to do someone else's job for them one week out of the year. You know that's 12 weeks, that's a lot. That's like basically three months out of the year you're going to pay to do someone else's so, job. So out of the dimensional pocket that is in my, my, the back of my pants, I pull out my spell book and say, all right. And I'm like, Bernie, you see the, these pages? They're, some of them are full of spells, but a lot of this book is empty. This is where I, I draw my power from. And so I put it back and I say, that guild will let me at their entire library of spells. Okay. That I can then bring to bear for us. You know, I once knew a man who made you pay to use his drawing supplies monthly. It's not been working out great with him. That's still a lot of money. It is, but I feel like one, it can put us in, it can give us contacts to, to do things. And if we run into any other guild wizards, they, they can help us, or not just wizards, but guild arcane users. Also, like I said, their library is, is not just spells. It's all sorts of information. 
And I've got a feeling that there are there are other fringe benefits to this. Yes, it is expensive. And 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 we're walking and talking as we're going to the bar. And I think it's called the silent library. Right? Well, most libraries are silent anyway. Yes, but that seems like a particularly emphasized name. I hope they don't cut your tongue out for going in there. The the gentleman I spoke to uh was he he had his tongue. So I've got maybe he's just Was the, he a magician? You know, I didn't ask. Thought it might be rude. But we geeked out over spells and we geeked out over fire spells. He seemed really excited about uh about some of the some of the damage I did last time when I set those dudes on fire. You remember that? When I, I set those dudes that. on maybe fire. Maybe he's been lighting all those fires that you're gonna be putting out. I mean, maybe it would be a good racket. It's at this point, Jonathan, uh, Bucks, who had been following your your other two companions, you finally ping him, and he's finally within 100 yards of you, and you notice him s- perched on top of one of the two bars that you had noticed when you first kind of looked around. It's a... Uh, a bar called the Waving Mug with a sign outside of a stylized hand holding a glass um, of like a copper mug of some sort of dark liquid and kind of holding it up like cheering. Well, hey, and I say, hey, Bucks, uh, where go? Are you perched over the bar our friends are at or is that the other one there? And you feel Bucks relay to you the image of Carlton and Travancore entering this establishment. All right. Thanks, buddy. Oh, by the way, uh, this guild I'm joining, they might have, and I'm thinking this all to them. Oh, I, I, I think this too bucks as I say it out loud, and I say, this guild also offers uh, day spa services for familiars. So I've got a feeling the bucks will also like this too. Uh, and your owl begins to preen. <laughs> so at this point you enter the waving mug in, inside to see your uh travancore shadow and carlton all standing at the bar carlton has just quaffed an entire drink and is putting it down on the on the bar travancore seems to be finishing up a conversation with a a tall elven gentleman who seems to be the proprietor of this place and you have all met each other again Buddies! Hey oh. I give people people hand slaps and hugs. Yeah. Even though we've only been apart for like a couple of hours, that's that is kind of. But drunk? we missed you because you're like you're our very good friends. Oh, Jonathan, they're drunk. Jonathan, Jonathan. Oh, that's not yeah. I didn't have anything to drink. Nothing at all. You lie. Uh, I, I need Travancore and Carlton to you. roll Constitution checks. Not saving throw. Just go ahead and roll a d twenty and add your Constitution modifier. Got it. 17. And 10. <laughs> okay. Carlton, I need you to roll me a deception check. 15. Okay. Travancore, you're beginning to feel it. You're not intoxicated just yet, but you just had beer, and now you've had the sugary wine, and you're feeling a little bit like maybe you shouldn't pull out any arrows right now. Carlton, you're doing fine. I mean, you're huge, and you haven't really had that much to drink. The sugary stuff was a little weird. Jonathan and Bernie, go ahead and roll insight checks. Oh, well, Jonathan's going to pick up on it. <laughs> oh, probably not. My insight is terrible. My insight's not so insight bad, but I've been rolling shit lately. I know, it's wisdom. Bernie's going to pick up on it. <laughs> I got a 13. I also got a 13. 
Okay. Carlton seems fine, and he says he hasn't had anything to drink, so he probably hasn't had anything to drink. Travancore looks a little rosy-cheeked, but neither of them look intoxicated. They, they're probably fine. Can I have my, my insight check contest my cup? Contest your cup? cup? Yeah, the cup. I want to contest against oh, the what I thought cup? was going to happen with my cup. Uh, well, no, that insight check was specifically to see if Carlton was lying. Uh, you want to roll an insight check on what you thought was going wrong? Yes. Uh, just go ahead and, yeah, go ahead and roll me an insight check. Why not? I did slightly better. I got a 14. Okay. You think for a moment back to that moment where the tea turned to woe. And what you were thinking about just before you were handed this tea wasn't actually about your friends. It was about Thunterrack. Well, they seem sober, so that's cool. All right, what would you like to do now? Oh, hey, Jonathan, I heard about a magic place called the Amethyst Acropolis. It's like a magic user's bar. I, I think I think on it a sec. So, Jonathan, you would know the Amethyst Acropolis is the name of the the central tower that um, the guild you are trying to join actually houses everything of theirs. The Amethyst Acropolis is that big, tall structure that had no doors or windows that is where the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors actually has their guild. I, I relay, I was like, I was just over there and I am looking to join. Interesting. So you could join this guild and we could get Sorcerer's Sweat? I mean, it sounds like win-win. I cannot guarantee Sorcerer's Sweat, but I can guarantee more useful spells available to us. For the fun of it, Travancore and Carlton, roll me intelligence checks. Oh, here we go. Just just a d20 plus your intelligence modifier. God damn it, why am I rolling so well today? 16. 12. Okay, actually, both of you... With this new information that Jonathan has told you, you get the sense that the barkeep told you about the Amethyst Acropolis, not because he's sending you up to a bar, but you told him it was Sorcerer's Sweat. So he's sending you to a bunch of sorcerers. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, I figured that out, and I was just listening to your conversation. <laughs> uh. You guys really thought it? Oh. Well, we have Carlton <laughs> is not normally very smart. And it wasn't until presented with new information that he realized he was being made a fool of. And Travancore wants to believe things so badly that sometimes he doesn't process the context clues. Bernie, you watch as the light, you watch as the light bulb goes off over both of their heads and you can't help but roll your eyes. Uh, meanwhile, the barkeep comes back over and says, Ah, you have, you have more in your party. How can I help? So when I asked you about Sorcerer's Sweat earlier, I think there was a bit of miscommunication. That's my fault. It wasn't clear. It is an alcoholic type beverage with additional properties. It is not literally the sweat off of a sorcerer's ass. Ooh. I want to look at him. That makes a little more sense. What you were asking for before was frankly disgusting and disturbing. I don't know what that is. Sir, it's oh. okay. He's been asking for this <sighs> since he revered a feathers one time after drinking a magical drink that Listen. turned our friend over there into a plant. Which is really nice, but ficuses are thirsty, and none of the rest of us are too keen to repeat the experience. If you would like to point me into the direction of a vial of sorcerer butt sweat, I'll feed it to him if it'll end this conversation. I would love to end this conversation as much as you would, but I would not even begin to know where to imagine to point you in whatever direction you would have to go besides other sorcerers. Yeah. Listen, the thing is, 
birds use beautiful plumage to attract mates. And there's a particular bird I kind of have a thing for. And if I have a nice, big, beautiful beard, I could squawk and be pretty. I will glue feathers to your face. I say in Elvish, the plot thins. And in Elvish to you, he says, you have interesting friends. Don't I know it. (laughs) (laughs) And he walks away. I'll glue feathers to your face. I don't think that's going to work. I? We'll consider that on the road back to Greenish when we eventually get there. Really? Just being real. Just being a negative Nancy. What? You don't want to glue feathers to his face? You don't? There's never been an inkling in you to say, I know. I bet I can convince our friend here to let me glue something to his face. Now your opportunity. And you're like, well, I don't know. Um, Bernie? What? Good good little buddy. How often do you think about gluing something to my face? Not really a lot, but like, it's a passing fancy, and I'm pretty sure you'd say yes if it meant you could hop into bed with our friend Big Bird back in Greenest. But see, I know you. We've spent a lot of time. I don't think, the way I picture it is like the shitty macaroni like oh, pictures no. you give your parent oh, when you're like no. five, where it's just like patchwork with patches of glue. I want you to look at my fingers. Do you see the stubby fucking fingers of a hobbit or a dwarf or a halfling? Oh, I'm so not saying you wouldn't sued? do that. You can't do a good job. I'm saying you wouldn't These do a are good the job. Long and delicate fingers of an artisan, my friend. And I. We can find feathers. I've got feathers. So many feathers. So, Jonathan, <laughs> about this... A uh, feathers, if you will. <laughs> this guild of magicians. You said it's going to cost you a bit of money to join. What are we talking about? I hand him the pamphlet. I read the pamphlet. What does it say? Because I missed the whole part where they oh, covered right, it. Oh, right, right. Uh, oh, yeah, he wasn't here for that. So, about the cost. so the, there's money that I ha- that I actually have in my personal gold that I can spend. And I figure with a party of adventurers, 20, 20 bucks a month isn't that bad. Um, and we can, we can work that out. Here's the, here's the immediate cost. Time. When I join this guild, I'm going to be required to provide magical crafting services for three days. So if we're going to be doing anything else, I can't join until, until we've got a break. But if we, so if we are going to go and do something, then I'm just going to, I'll go back after. But if we're not going to do anything or do anything that you don't need me for, which is nothing, then, then, uh, then I would, I would need to, uh, I, I, we'd have to either wait or I can go do it now. Well, it sounds like you're investing in yourself and I'm, I wouldn't be a very good friend to you if I didn't let you do that. I can kill time for three days. I was going to say, here's the thing. If we do these three days right now, I can spend those, shall we call, like, downtime days finding out more information about the Crypt Garden Forest and its current state. Oh, by the way, Jonathan, uh, we got information that there's some shit going down in the Crypt Garden Forest and that it's very haunted and bad. Forest. It's a regional... Crypt may not be drunk, but John has been (laughs) drinking. Uh, The Crypt Garden Forest, which I don't know if you know. Is kind of where my wolves raised me. My wolf mother raised me. I'll tell you what. So I would like to make sure my home is clear. But I can find out more information in the three days that you craft magical items that can assist me in this quest. Let's do this. Because I'm not craft. No, no, no. You misunderstand. I'm not crafting items for us. I'm crafting items for the guild. 
I'm basically lending myself as a crafter to them. So let's do this. Let's go and it's not how it works. Let's go and scout the forest. Let's go out there. Let's just go and and see what we can find on our own. We can hit up uh, spots for information on our way out of town. We have a ranger. We have me. We now have plenty of animal companions to help us out with tracking. I say we just go out there and check it out. We built a zoo. You sure you want to hold off on uh on 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 going to the guild? Learn what their I'm stuff. saying is right now might be the best time while we're in town because who knows how long it'll take us out there. That's you know, true. How, you know, like you know how these things go. We get deeper and deeper and deeper. We could spend that time researching and preparing while you are off uh, making magic missiles. There's and an then, old yeah. lady that. Hey, like, but has here's, a bed that's here's my the side. thing. I would rather get. I would rather gather this information. That way, we're not like stalling it. Let's get this done now, and and then the guild is not going anywhere. The guild is fine. They 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 don't need. Well, they they do know me and just don't know it. But we can take care of the more immediate errand, taking care of your of your homeland, and then come back and spend. You guys can spend some time in Waterdeep, deconstructing what we just did. Maybe looking for the next job while I'm taking care of that. Right now, we have a task in front of us. Let's go do it. The task is going to go dehaunt a forest. Oh yes, that's a thing we can do. What time is it? In the game, it's about dinner time. <laughs> In real life, it's about dinner time. How <laughs> about we eat first? All right. So as you guys sit down to enjoy a nice dinner and continue to chat over the day's events, we'll stop there. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com. And see you next encounter. <laughs>